Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. This is Thursday, March 26th, and uh, and luckily we've got a lot of news to talk about today. So just random yeah. things that have happened, at, at least somewhat interesting topics uh, if you want to go and check out our conversation about the 2020 college football season and whether or not it's actually going to happen, what the changes might be, etc., we talked with Cecil Hurt from the Tuscaloosa News. You can go check that out from yesterday. Uh, you can find us over at winningcureseverything.com, all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. Hey, uh, Chris, we talked yesterday about... Um, good gracious, I've got stuff dinging all over. Uh, we talked yesterday about um, about you making bread. I, I first want to discuss what you did with it last night. Did you make that that bread pudding? I should have talked to you about no. this off the air. No, no, hadn't. Okay, hadn't made it yet. But you're thinking about it, right? Probably not because it's all gone. <laughs> it's all gone. What, y'all, all what gone. did y'all do with it? We ate it. No, but what what did you make with it besides like you made sandwiches? I know, but like. Did you make I made, more sandwiches? I made grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. And then later, I turned it in at night for cinnamon toast, which is spectacular. Down with that. And this morning, I made me and the kids cinnamon toast for breakfast. And then my <laughs> wife fed it to the kids for lunch. It's, I can get down with all of this. Okay. Okay. I, I thought that there was more. I thought you were doing pizza. I thought you were doing all kind of stuff. No. So. Well, I mean, you can't make once Once it's made, it's made. Yeah, it's done, made. right? Yeah, that makes sense. I can't, sense. like, turn it into something else. True, true. That's uh, you have inspired me though. I I talked to Jess all night last night about it. So we we saw a meme. It's not. That was, it's 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 more intimidating than hard. That that makes sense. So because she told me, I said, "Look, this is all the stuff it takes. Like we can totally do yeah. this." And she said, "Oh no, the the ingredients. I mean, it really is poor man food. It's it's not <laughs> not expensive, not complicated. The, the hardest thing that you might not have just sitting around your house is dry active yeast. Yeah." So, and we we've actually got that, so we're. I was gonna say, yeah, if you if you've got that, you you've got everything else. There you go. Okay, yeah, we're probably gonna do that this weekend. So, um, all right, let's go ahead. I, I do want to go on and bring in T.J. Reeves while I'm calling him in. Uh, I do want to go ahead and tell you, Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Uh, they got six incredible sports books. TunicaTravel.com is the website to go find out more information on them. They uh. 
they're fantastic. They treat us well. They'll treat you well whenever they open back up. So, let's see. I think we got TJ here. Good afternoon, gentlemen. There he is, TJ Reeves, <laughs> the host of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. He is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at BuckSidelineGuy, or you can find uh, his main show, one of many, uh, at at uh, Three Dog Thursday. That's it, on Twitter, right? <laughs> yes, sir. You did great with all of that. It's great to hear your voice. Great to hear your voice as well, Brother Giannini. I've, I've been checking you guys out, too, with The Daily Show. Keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully you guys are staying safe. Everybody practicing isolation and social distancing so that we can all get through this. Oh, we are certainly um, doing that. Certainly. Do yeah, our best. Good, good stuff, and I appreciate the reach out here on all subjects. I have a feeling you're going to ask me about that quarterback acquisition from New England at some point, but oh, I course. especially – I especially appreciate a little group therapy figuratively here when we don't have the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 that we should be having tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and Sunday to be able to get through all of this. So well, thanks. And, and no opening day baseball today, no uh, no Sweet 16 tonight. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little – it's dry. <laughs> There's nothing going on. It's, <laughs> it's just rough. <laughs> but I will say this. Let's go on and, and hop into some of these topics. Um and I'll talk to Chris about this. And TJ, if you know anything about it, feel free to hop in. Jones, uh, sorry, John Jones, Bones Jones, uh, from the UFC, of course, arrested early, early this morning in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for driving through Shocking. the streets. Yeah, drive. It, Shocking. Which it's happened how many times now? Not this exact. Is that the eighth or the twenty seventh time that he's been in trouble? I can't keep track uh, anymore. It, it feels like the hundredth. Uh, and, and how the UFC continues to allow him to stay with the uh, with the organization. I have no idea. Chris, did you see anything about this? No, but you texted me about it, told me about it. And, and I mean, how they keep doing it is because they need stars. He's definitely a star. I mean, I mean that's it. They, I think they need draws badly, and he, he he's going to be that. So, For those that don't know, he was driving around with an open bottle of alcohol, <laughs> firing a gun. Like in the middle uh, of neighborhoods, like, oh, I just don't get it. Like Rampage Jackson did this years and years ago, but there was no gun. He was just drinking and like ramming his gigantic vehicle into parked cars, like just for mm. no reason. So and this and, and not to deflect specifically off of him because that's idiocy what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this goes on uh, on occasion in other sports and, and how the league chooses to deal with these you know behavior problems is big and in this case you know UFC is run by Dana White and the people around him and it's ultimately up to them on at what point is enough enough at what point to Chris's point him being a draw and helping sell pay-per-views is far outweighed and overshadowed with you're a danger to yourself and to others and you don't deserve the privilege and it is a privilege to compete at the highest level of professional sports, a privilege that you can ruin. You don't, from my standpoint, you don't deserve that privilege after so many strikes against you and so many screw ups against you. Give somebody else that privilege. I I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, but it seems like it is, you know, guys that are involved in combat sports that typically get in trouble for things along these lines. Is it something to do? With the sport, or maybe it's just the mentality that you have to have to compete in a uh, a man on man battle like that. I mean, it, is it something along those lines? 
Well, I mean, we could get into a whole, you know, half hour, hour discussion about that part. We've talked before about fighters coming from broken backgrounds or next to nothing or poverty. Uh, then you get into head trauma. You get into CTE and things like that that make you behave uh, unlike yourself, not make an excuse for him. I have no idea what he has or he doesn't have, and you won't know that until uh, they, you know, he's deceased and they examine his brain later in life. They could do some tests, but m- most of it uh, is, is um, posthumously that they're able to find that out. Uh, so there's all kinds of different factors that go along with this, but, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that was taught to me very early is the same thing with you guys. And with, with most people that grew up with parents, you are responsible for your own actions and your own behavior. And if there are not consequences, then, then, you know, you're going to have people behave, uh, even as adults, uh, like what we're seeing here, if there's not if there's not a consequence from the UFC, you're banned from what we do. You're no longer getting a check. You have ruined the last chance we've given you of multiple chances. Then that's the uh, that's the message, at least to other fighters. That hey, if I'm successful enough and popular enough, I can get into trouble, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Now you're you're a hundred percent right on that. Uh, let's let's get on to a much nicer, uh, friendlier topic. Please. Let's talk about Tom Brady. Let's talk about what's going on down in your neck of the woods. He obviously signed. I haven't heard. What's going on? What's happening? Can you update me? Man, so tell me what the feeling is like first. I have been on more shows. I've been on more shows, not your show, and more conversations than I think I have with my wife, even though we're in isolation here. (laughs) And that's not necessarily a good thing, but... Uh, yeah, I think a few people want to know about this, and rightfully so, and I will say what I have said in other places here. This is the biggest deal. The only thing that compares is the Bucks trading uh, four draft picks, two ones, two twos, and $8 million for a coach for John Gruden in 2002, and that one ended with Gruden winning the Super Bowl against his old team. I mean, you talk about Hollywood doesn't buy the script, and yet that happened in real life. That is exactly how it happened. This, I think, surpasses that, guys. In the 35-plus years that I have lived in the Tampa Bay market, came back to Memphis for four years in the late 80s, early 90s, go Tigers, go, and was at Memphis State. But other than that, I have been in and around this franchise as a fan or as a media member in all their off-seasons, and – this dwarfs everything, and the only thing uh, in terms of players, the only thing that compares to it is the Gruden situation. So it's that big of a deal when you're talking about a Hall of Famer who willingly wanted to be here and pick the Bucks out of several uh, different options. I mean, I was on today with some uh, with some Boston guys uh, with the Bloomberg Boston affiliate, and they were trying to push on to me that nobody was really interested in Tom Brady and that Brady had to grab the Bucks as like a life raft. And I said, I didn't call them clowns, but I fought the word clowns. <laughs> I fought of Bozo. I'm like, I, I, there, there are numerous teams, including the Chargers, including the Raiders, and probably four or five others that would have been after Tom Brady, but I, I think the Bucks just appealed to him and, and appealed to him with their uh, weapons. And I, I know Chris is being ultra quiet here because that's been your guy. You're a Patriots guy, uh, and now he has divorced the uh, the relationship with Belichick and Kraft and decided to go on his own somewhere else. And we're all about to find out what happens to New England without Brady and what happens to the Buccaneers with Brady. Uh, we knew this day was coming, and so now we're going to get to see what it is when we get back to football later this fall. 
Well, Chris, let's go on and bring you in here. What do you think here? Is there any, do you think that there were really no other suitors or, you know, it, it, I don't, I don't think. think there were as many options as people like it out to be that, that he actually wanted to go to that there was, I've made it abundantly clear on this show. I've, I've had a relationship with this man for 20 years. It's the most stable relationship that I've ever been in, in my life. Okay. For 20 years. And, and I feel like I know him. There was no way on earth. He was going to the chargers. He was not leaving Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick and the stability of Josh McDaniels for Anthony Lynn, the Spanos family, and some 23-year-old kid who's had his, you know, five minutes as an offensive coordinator. That, that's just not what he was going to do. I didn't know what else he was going to do. I really thought he was going to Tennessee, but I do think they had suitors. I do think he had options. I can't believe that he didn't end up in Tennessee for the most part, really, because he's making less money than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. That blows my mind. But uh, <laughs> but I absolutely thought his other option, the second place if he doesn't go to Tennessee, was going to be Tampa Bay outside of staying in New England. Um, I think those were the three that I really believed were going to happen if if one of them would happen. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually glad it was Tampa Bay. Mainly it's the it's a different conference. So, so, you know, I, I get to, I got a team. I can still root for him. I love Bruce Arians. You know how I feel about that. Um, Gary, I, I, I've followed that guy everywhere yeah. he's been. You've made it very, um, very clear. You wish that the Browns had, had gone after him instead of. Oh, I was, yeah. I was furious last year when, when they hired Freddie Kitchens over Bruce Arians. I mean, I was, I was very, very, very upset. A level of upset that cannot explain. And I think I was proven right on that. I believe yeah. I had that. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I'm excited for him. He, it's interesting about Tampa Bay because outside of John Gruden, Tampa Bay has historically gone after big fish like this before, and they've struck out a lot. You are and, correct. Uh, and, and the fact that they didn't strike out here is a big deal. So, I, I'll tell you this. It's a good, it's a good point, yes. It's a good Gruden, point that he makes. The Gruden move – what you talked about with the Hollywood ending, all that kind of mess. If we somehow end up, and now I would not put it past the Patriots to be incredibly successful with either Hoyer or Stidham at quarterback because of what Chris has talked about on the show over the past few days, over the past week, et cetera, about uh, how they can slow everything down. They will win with defense and with the running game, et cetera. They'll play a different style of football than the rest of the NFL, and it could take some teams by surprise. And that type of football is still built to win in the playoffs. So if if you could get a Patriots versus Bucks in the Super Bowl and then have it, I mean, you've got it in Tampa Bay. Are you talking about Super Bowl 55 at Raymond James Stadium in oh, Tampa? Unbelievable. While you're writing, while, while you're writing your Fantasyland script, uh, for Hollywood to 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 uh, receive your submission, wow, that would be the the ultimate ending if that were to be the case. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I'm not sold on the good ship, uh, New England here. There's a far better chance that they become mediocre, sorry, Chris, or bad without the Hall of Famer. Uh, you bemoaned all season long how bad the offensive line was and how poor the weapons were around him. I don't know how you wave a magic wand and have that suddenly be better. Maybe they will. Maybe maybe he will continue to coach them up 
and uh, and they end up winning nine or ten games down here. I think they're going to play completely different football. That's all. I, I, no, I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. Let's get that. Yeah, clear. no, I'm I'm just throwing that out there. That wasn't Chris's idea. Well, sure. Was, and yeah. and now let's bring it back to this situation where you have had twelve years of drought. You now headed into year thirteen without being in the postseason. Only two winning seasons in the last twelve years, and this guy brings instant postseason credibility. He has owned. January for the last 20 years, basically. Um, certainly, the, the players like Mike Evans, Levante David, and others are starved to listen to this guy and follow him out of the locker room. So you have to believe. Uh, the, keep, people keep asking me. I, I'm, I'm preempting you asking me questions. People keep asking me, what do you think their record, their win total is uh, baseline to start the season? What's the fundamental number you go with? And I would say 10 wins. Yeah, you, you that, are I mean, looking over at unders, 10. Yeah, over-unders nine and a half. Yeah, let's say Vegas yeah. set it at nine. So so, there, so 10 is very – can he get them to an 11th win? Can he get them to a 12th win where you're talking about the possibility, the strong possibility of winning the division at that point, more than likely being in the running for the bye at that point? I know we're way ahead of ourselves, but he's worth three or four games – uh, in terms of being able to win games that you maybe haven't won over these last 12 years when you've suffered, uh, suffered the losses, and that's what the hope is for the Bucks. Now, talk to me about this, uh, this trademark situation. He trademarked the TB by TB. Uh, I, I, would it be a phrase or an acronym? I don't even know how you would trademark that. I don't know how that works. But he is looking what to they're, make... what they're trying. I, I know a little bit about this because I, okay. I you know, it's funny that you just stumbled you on would. asking me this. <laughs> I've, I've tried to trademark some things. I know a couple of trademark lawyers. So one of the things that you try to do is block other people off from being able to make money off your likeness, off your image, off your name, off your phrases, off your slogans. Uh, one of the most famous ones was when Pat Riley went and gobbled up three-peat for the Lakers uh, back in the, in the late 1980s, and he did that as much as anything to keep others from profiting off of them having a three-peat in, in L.A. A lot of times that, that is what you're doing. So it, it's probably to try to block uh, some others that might want to take advantage of that, and it, it is a long process. It is not something that takes a week or even a couple of months. This might be eight months, six months, eight months, because different people can file um, with the, uh, I believe it's the U.S. Trade Commission, it is. is the proper agency, can file about, you know, about these trademarks and say, I challenge it. I, I had it first, or I want to do this. Here's why. There's written arguments. So, again, we're going down the rabbit hole of, of government and bureaucracy. But the short version is they're probably trademarking several different things like that. Maybe as many as a half dozen or ten of them to keep others from being able to grab, you know, variations of TB in TB or TB12 in, in the Big Bay or whatever. All these different phrases and use them in the marketplace, use them on shirts, use them on websites, et cetera, et cetera. So there you go. Uh, as far as the Tampa Bay schedule goes, the home games include the Falcons, Panthers, Packers. So you get an Aaron Rodgers versus Tom oh, yeah. Brady. Uh, you got going. the Chiefs at home. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I Chargers, think everybody's going to yeah. see that game. That game's going to either be a Sunday night or a Monday night game, oh, depending champs against Tom Brady and the yes, Bucks. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. The Chargers, Rams, Vikings, and Saints are all at home. You've got the Falcons, Panthers, Bears, Broncos. 
Lions, Raiders, Saints, and Giants. Uh, what we don't see on here is a trip to Miami, so I think Tom should be safe for that one. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he yeah, typically always uh, loses that one for whatever reason. Yeah, especially the late December one uh, always seemed to, to haunt them. But, yeah, it's going to be a wild time here. Everybody was on that conference call. I mean, it, it's the state of, uh, of current affairs that we have no games, no previews, no recaps, no nothing, that we ran Tom Brady's conference call uh, until the tape almost uh, it cut and, and wore out earlier this week. ESPN ran the full phone conference call as it was happening while showing highlights on ESPN Sports Center in the middle of the day. Why not? Because we got nothing else to show <laughs> and talk about. Because we got nothing so. else. Good yeah. gracious. Uh, now let's, uh, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, I hope you don't mind. About it, it, are we keeping you too long? Are you good? I got to scoot in about five minutes. If you're coming to college basketball, okay. I'm ready for you. You coming there? Well, I, I was going to talk Wilder Fury for just a second. Give, um, me that, give, me, give me that first. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and do that. Wilder Fury 3 is postponed until, I believe, the first weekend in October is what Bob Arum told everybody. Uh, it, one, the postponement, do you think there's any chance that they end up just saying, okay, let's nix it until a better time next year so that we don't have to compete with football, we don't have to compete with all these other sports going on, and try and fit it in right now, do you think that they push it back even further and decide, you know what, we need full training camps, why don't we get another fight in here? And then the second part of this is, if they do go on and fight in October, who does this help more? Is is it definitely Wilder, or is there a chance that this helps Fury kind of refocus himself and, and get back to work? So the quick version is that uh, my understanding, just from all the reporting and all the stuff that's being talked about, they only have a certain window where the fight has to take place or one or both of them can walk away from the deal. That's why October is critical because I think that's where the rematch clause runs out. Then you have to have a new agreement, and that's why they're pushing for it. And so the belief is that everything will will slowly start to come back around in, in mid-May, in early June, and you can prepare for this, and most importantly, sell tickets for Wilder Fury in Las Vegas and have 15000 paying top dollar worth a big gate like what they had. They made almost $20 million on the live gate, people showing up for the February fight. I, I don't think it's as big a factor, too, with college football and the NFL around because this will be a big enough deal. It'll be hyped by ESPN and by Fox. Uh, during the football season that they're coming to that pay-per-view. So all things being equal, that's why they're picking that date. That's why they're doing it. Um, I think it, it does benefit Wilder in one way in that he has more time to analyze what happened. If he and his camp are going to get their act together, it gives them more of a chance uh, to do that. Of course, right now, we don't know how much they're able to work together and where because of the current circumstances that we're all kind of sheltered and sequestered. So, We'll wait for the sport of boxing, just like all of the other sports, to resume. Hopefully a little later here in the summer, we'll start getting fights again, and then that will get cranked back up in that whole conversation while everything's been on hold, guys. You got that right. All right, go ahead and tell everybody, I, I heard on Three Dog Thursday today a great interview with Tom Penders. Uh, <laughs> lot, lots of good stuff, of course. Go tell everybody about the uh, the college basketball okay, podcast, so, etc. Yes, so there's two podcasts. Right now, Three Dog Thursday is out. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. And Coach Tom Penders is on that, telling Sweet 16 Elite Eight stories from the late 80s and the early 90s. And Penders took four different teams to the NCAA tournament, but two of them to the Sweet 16 and uh, and Texas to the Elite Eight. Uh, so I, I just I love telling those stories. Again, it's therapeutic to talk about 
what what the magic is of the of these weekends. This weekend where you set the final four and next weekend where you traditionally play the final four. So one more podcast plug is the College Basketball Coast to Coast podcast. That one will be out later this evening and for this weekend. Um, and, and we're going to talk a bunch about Memphis, by the way, guys, and Memphis State <laughs> and the 85 Final Four run, my senior year, the 92 Elite Eight run with Dave Woloshin, the longtime play-by-play voice of the Tigers, reminiscing oh, yeah. about all these games, and the 08 Sweet 16 and Elite Eight wins over Michigan State and Texas um, in NRG Stadium in Houston. So a bunch of Sweet 16 and Elite Eight talk on college basketball coast-to-coast. But that's not all. This is like a Ginsu steak knife commercial back in the 80s. How much would you pay? Giannini, $19.95, $29.95. Wait, there's more. Kenny Anderson, the legendary Georgia Tech guard and the NBA All-Star, is also on the College Basketball Coast to Coast podcast that will be out later tonight, telling stories about the 90 Sweet 16 where he hit the game-winning shot in the Superdome to beat Steve Smith and Michigan State. Then they went to the Elite Eight and won over Clem Haskins in Minnesota playing for Bobby Crimmins. So great stories from Kenny Anderson, the, the famed New York legendary playground point guard that came to Georgia Tech and helped them go to the Final Four. So it's great group therapy on college basketball coast-to-coast just telling stories about the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. So you can find that wherever you get podcasts, college basketball coast-to-coast. I'll be tweeting it out, publicizing it. There'll be others that'll be publicizing it as well. So if we don't have the games, at least we can reminisce about the ones in the past, guys. You've got that right. You can find him on Twitter, at BuckSidelineGuy. TJ, we always appreciate you hopping in. Thank you very much, my brother. It is my pleasure to hop on with you guys anytime you need me. Thank you. Again, you're doing a great service here because people need distractions right now. Keep it up. Everybody stay safe out there. I have much love for my winning cures everything, dudes. Uh, I'm going to do Final Four programming <laughs> next week, and I want one or both of you on there. I got I got space for you, space available. Come aboard. We can We're do it. We're going to talk some Final Four next week. You guys be well. Absolutely. You See too. Ya. We'll talk to you soon. TJ Reeves. All right, so I've got some more uh, more topics that I want to hit before we get out of here. Um, but, yeah, the, the Wilder Fury thing I think is interesting. I, he did not get into this. Uh, think it still helps Wilder even more. I did not think he was going to be ready by summer because he got destroyed. You and I sat and watched that fight together back in February. He, he was whooped. I mean, there was, and I didn't know how he would be able to come back from that just a few months later, get in a whole camp and everything, and actually have time to recover. I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, like, but the argument about it competing with college football has to stop, though, Gary. It doesn't compete with it because the fight's not going to kick off until midnight. Agreed. I'm just talking about the number of people that will be, like, that's not the big show in town, right? But it doesn't matter. At I that understand point where you're time, coming from. As soon as the big game, whatever that, and how many times in the middle of a college football season do we have, even in October, yeah. there is no big game. And no, if the big game true. is a Big Ten game or a Big 12 game, that thing is happening at noon. That's, so that means yeah. seven, eight o'clock. Everybody's talking about the fight because nobody wants to see, you know, Clemson, North Carolina State. They yeah, just don't. Is, you're right. You're right. You're 100 percent right. So, so I mean, it's just you know. So it, it, because of it's so late, and and I think if you're into fights, then it's gonna be the biggest thing going on then anyway. And it it already it just makes an already exciting weekend exciting. 
Now you're you're. I think you're right. I think you're right. So let's uh, let's move I, on. And I'll tell you this: I don't know that there's an amount of time that can help Wilder. Uh, you I, might be right about that. Learn, I, he's not going to learn to box between now and whenever the hell it's going to happen. The only thing that's going to help him is see the problem with the longer we kick it out is if Fury turned into a raging party animal after he beat him, then you want to fight him quickly. That's true. Because you're going to hope Fury is still hung over. And that, and I will tell you, I think that's Wilder's only shot. I, I've watched them fight twice. Fury dominated both fights. True. Wilder hit him with the best punch he had in fight one, and I thought that was it. He got him, and he knocked him out. And the reason I bet Fury on the last fight was strictly because I remember that hit. And I and remember it still didn't knock him out. Big some bitch sit back up and get back on his feet. <laughs> and I thought, nope, nope. It's like He's the Undertaker. Not, you like, can't knock him down. Until I see somebody knock him out, I don't know that he can be knocked out. And if Wilder can't knock you out, he can't beat you. That is 100% well, true. That might not be everybody. He can't beat this man. True. True. That if Fury, if Fury is going to be the big time betting favorite in this fight, in with the, all the reason in the world, it makes yeah. perfect all the sense. Reason, yeah, he's dominated two fights in a row. He should. Yeah, he absolutely should be. But Wilder does have. Um, let's say a UVA hoops jumps in on YouTube. He said skills wise, Wilder has none. That guy cannot box. He's dead no, on. But he yeah. can throw hands. But he's, he can, yeah. he would have to connect a multiple a multitude of times. To, oh, yeah. to actually win that fight. I agree. And I can't believe the that only first way he does that rounds. is if Fury's still hungover. And yeah. that's not outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's happened before. Big boy likes to party. Yeah, it has happened before. Let's uh let's move on. Let's get into these last two topics uh fairly quickly. NCAA distribution issues. Now I sent you this earlier. Um the NCAA Board of Governors voted unanimously. Uh, in response to the cancellation of all remaining winter and spring NCAA championships, et cetera, et cetera, they are distributing $225 million in June. Now, for those that don't understand exactly what we're talking about, all of the D1 programs out in the country, all of those schools get a certain amount of this money that comes to the schools, right? They all The NCAA distributes that money, and a lot of it usually comes from March Madness and... NCAA, like College World Series, all, you know, all this different kind of stuff, right? Yeah, those are the two big money makers for right. college sports. Yep, for uh, for the NCAA. They are distributing $225 million between all of those schools. The budget beforehand was $600 million, and they're only distributing $225 million. They are waiting for the event cancellation insurance policy from March Madness, from the NCAA tournament, which is $270 million. And to even get up to $225 million, they still had to bring $50 million out of reserve. This canceling of the NCAA tournament, canceling of all the spring and, and whatever sports, winter and spring sports, uh, and whatever summer stuff they got going on is probably going to be on as well. If they do not have football, they are in a whole mess of trouble. Now, NCAA doesn't get a ton of the football stuff because obviously that's all done by conferences, etc., However, there is still a portion of the money that comes in from all of this. They are in a world of hurt if they don't get some of these sports back up and running, and the schools are in serious, serious trouble. Um, so I'm, I'm outside of my depth on, on my 
ability to actually talk about this intelligently because I don't know. It at any point in time can the NCAA fall so short on money that possibly another entity could rise up from this and say, you know what? We really don't like the NCAA. The Let's only- break away. Let's start our own thing. And the way we can do it is we can pump cash into these schools that feel like they're getting the short end of the stick because they feel like they're the moneymaker and we shouldn't be spreading the wealth to everyone. Well, here is the way that this works. All of these schools put together make up the NCAA. They are The NCAA is all of these schools combined. The schools themselves put the NCAA in. And then they hired, you know, the people to actually run the organization, et cetera. So I don't expect it to change. However, if we do get to a certain point, the only thing that might make a difference is the Power Five programs and those Big Five conferences pulling away from everybody else and creating a separate division. And that's been in talks for not when I say in talks, it's not a legitimate been thing. rumored by yes. writers and people like us. Exactly. Yeah, we talk about it's it. It's been yeah. talked about for years and years that the P5 will eventually pull away because the P5 makes all the money and a good portion of the, I say a good portion, a portion of their money goes to the group of five schools and whatnot. That is where you might see the divide. You might see the break. But a lot of that hinges on whether or not football actually happens this year. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this works out. But, yeah, you're going to start seeing some, uh, some major league issues with entire universities possibly shutting down if the football season does not happen. And that's, that's for a group of five, et cetera, because if the TV contracts and the people coming to games, et cetera, don't happen, you, the first thing you will see is a bunch of athletic programs shutting down. And it won't seem to make a lot of news and whatnot, but without those athletic programs, a lot of these schools cannot operate, and it becomes a major issue. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But but losing March Madness is big. That's a I have, big I have a question that I I didn't think of until after we were off the phone with Cecil, and I'd like to ask him this. And I get and it could be a very simple answer of okay. all right. Everybody plays a ten game schedule, all conference games, and in, in his scenario, whatever. Does he bring up what do we do with Notre Dame? Because um, there's only, like, six independents. Do we just lump them into the ACC? No, no, no. It's it's not based on, like, independence. It's not based on anything like that. It is uh, the five conference what? champions, and then you've got three wild cards. No, but his schedule was you only play ten conference games. No, no, no. That, so it, what he was saying was not just you only play ten conference yes, games. Yes, no. In his article, it talks about how he thinks they should play a 10-game schedule that are all 10 conference games. Right, but when he was on with this yesterday, he brought up or nine that's, conference games and one non-conference or something along those lines. Like, find okay. a way to make it fit. Um, I was going based off of his article because I went back, I reread it, and I wanted yeah. to get some, some more depth on it. And if we, if we were to do the 10 games in conference alone, what would Notre Dame I mean, do? We would pencil in Notre Dame in one of the championships because they're going to play the other six other non <laughs> non like independent teams, and some of them they're going to have to play them twice. Yeah, because that's all they got. And that's like with his hypothetical. Obviously, like I don't think Cecil likes discussing hypotheticals very much, but this is what it is right now. We don't have a lot of sports going on. 
You no, and I. I was just I, like I said. I took his. I took his article. I read it, and then the one thing we didn't bring up at all was, what the hell do we do with Notre Dame? And, and I think the easiest solution would be you build a ten game conference schedule with them in the ACC. They're yeah. already in the ACC in basketball. You, you and they already have like a football contract with the ACC where they play so many people. So that would be the the simplest instead of them playing Liberty in New Mexico and BYU three times <laughs> like that. Like that's the answer, but I just kind of wanted to throw it out there as part of our discussion yesterday, and I didn't think about how do we handle them. Yeah, if we a, just that's make a good point, we make the ACC. Uh, uh, what are they now? Already fourteen team conference. Yeah, fourteen. So they would. So, they'd be so they would have fifteen teams, and and we just make a schedule with those fifteen teams and be done with it. Yeah. No, you're. I, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Um. So yes, with this NCAA distribution, obviously Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas, Texas A and M. You know, et cetera, et cetera. The big boys. They're not going to have to worry getting, about it. Yeah. You know, they, they will be fine. They will continue operating because there will be a football season the next go-round, and all of these guys have boosters, et cetera. Uh, but that NCAA distribution number of $225 million is really nowhere close to the $600 million. Uh, now, per team, per school, et cetera, you know, it's not as big of a hit because you're distributing $600 million to 300 teams or whatever it is. So it's not a it's not a major league hit. It's just wow. I mean, you're you're going from a few million dollars to eh, maybe a couple hundred thousand. And for some people, that is their entire budget. So it's a big time problem. So we'll uh we'll see what happens with that. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about. We talked about Cam Newton uh off of the uh off the air before we got on here. His video today that went viral, where he said that they, like the Carolina Panthers, gave up on him. Tell me what you think. I want to know your thoughts on this. I, I mean, I think, A, I'm okay with Carolina moving on from him. Yes. But, but B, I think he's the best guy out there available. And I think he's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks. I think if you're the Chicago Bears right now, you hate yourself for making the trade for Nick Foles. Yeah, I agree. Because they originally were in consideration to trade for Cam Newton. But they chose not to because they couldn't get medicals. They couldn't get clearance, and it just wasn't worth all the assets. Plus, Cam's salary was like 20 million million. Now that he's waived. You now know, that he's you waived, can you can yeah. sign him to a five-year deal, or five, you know, a $5 million deal or something. I mean, whatever he's willing to take, you get him substantially cheaper. And and I think if if you're the Bears, you hate yourself right now. And if I'm, I do like the Bears. I I root for them. I I wish they would have waited. I wish they would have waited. Yeah. Because he looks I like a beast right, right, now, right now. Yeah, and he looks. He does look like a beast. I think he's gonna have a good year because I think he's sat out an entire calendar year. He's healthy. He hasn't taken a hit in over a year. Or by the time we get football. <laughs> I, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be over a year since his body's taking a hit. Do I think I would sign him to a three year deal? No way on earth. Nope. But, but, would but he you could get away with two year, one year prove it deal? Yeah. I think yeah. he'd do that. Oh, I think he would murder. Absolutely yeah. murder on something like that. And so I but agree with what you. is he willing to take is the biggest thing because there aren't a whole lot of places I think where he could just walk in the door and they could say, We're gonna let you be a starter. Uh, this is that's true. the issue is, is he willing to go actually compete for a job? 
And that's what I don't know. If he thinks I've got to go to, you know, Jacksonville and half the people want, you know, Mitt, uh, not, uh, not Mitch, Minshew. Um, Minshew, and the other half want me, like, I I want to be get, given the job. And, and, you know, that's just not how the world works, bro. Nope. It is. I'll tell you this. I'd take him in Cleveland. <laughs> I think we can end on that one. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's uh let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, you can follow Chris at Chris B G and on Twitter. You can follow me at Gary W C E. Make sure you subscribe to the show on the podcast or on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or just go over to winningcureseverything.com. The Daily Show is up there every single day. Go and check it out. Uh, we would definitely appreciate the support. Go over to tunicatravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Go and keep up with when they are going to reopen. The Mississippi Gaming Commission will uh, will announce whatever the the governor of Mississippi basically went against everybody today and told all these local municipalities that they're going to be reopening and whatnot, even though the cities don't want to. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll, I'll see what he tells the Gaming Commission. So if you want to go down to Tunica, keep up with tunicatravel.com, and we will figure it out from there. Uh, Chris, is there anything else we need to hit? See you, man. All right. Everybody be good. We will see you all again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.